0: All right, guys, I have a quick story before we get started. Do tell. So um, this past weekend, I was in charge of Olivia um, from Friday to like Sunday, basically. Friday afternoon to Sunday night. So on Friday, went to Bush Gardens with uh, our former podcast sponsor, his two kids um, with Olivia. And, you know, we had a blast. And then on Saturday... We just Olivia and I just hung out, um, watched some TV, played some, played outside, you know, relaxing. Saturday, on Sunday we were supposed to have a birthday party to go to for her. Um, so I get ready, I get Olivia ready, and we head to the bounce house. Get there. Party starts at 1030. I get there around 1020. There is no one in the parking lot. I'm like, all right, well, that's weird. Let me check the invitation. The party was on Saturday. I felt horrible. Like, this is one of Olivia's new friends from daycare. She was so excited about it. And I like <laughs> the party was on Saturday. So. Uh,
1: so you're the Charlie Strong of uh child party attendance. Is that what you're trying to tell us, here, buddy?
0: Dollar uh, short? It was bad. I felt so bad. We went to the bounce house like they were open and she went and played for like an hour. And then we went to the men's basketball game. But like. I felt terrible. Like she was hey, so. How your,
1: but how old your daughter? She,
0: Two and a half. Did She'll she know that that your, your friend
1: was there? Yeah. Did she Did she remember that?
2: Did she notice that her daycare friend wasn't there?
0: Yeah, she went. My friends. <laughs> oh, they were, not, <laughs> and her <laughs> yeah. friends were not there.
2: <laughs> I just raised my children to be antisocial. I th- it really cuts down <laughs> on a lot of the problems. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, oh buddy. Things. So it's
0: all
2: good.
1: Man, it was yeah, brutal. That's how- Not great, Bob. Um,
0: On on that note, welcome to the Blue Night Podcast, presented by Matrix Hormones.
1: You know, Nate, it was the enthusiasm and sparkle that you told that story with that really made it. And if you've lost (laughs) your enthusiasm and sparkle, let's talk about Matrix Hormones. MatrixHormones.com at 813-333-2226. If you need to get that sparkle back in your life, if you need to feel like you once did as a young man, again, that's 813-333-2226. Uh, you can find them at matrixhormones.com. Go in, get tested, find out um, why you just don't feel like you used to. Is it um, your hormone levels that tend to dip as you get older and uh, find ways to possibly replace that or other things that are imbalanced in your body and make you feel like the man you once were or woman you once were? 813-333-2226. Again, that's matrixhormones.com, 813-333-2226. Yeah, so... Uh, while we're telling stories, um, Thursday dipped out of work a little early, headed over. Um, my friend, I, I, did we have Will on the I think we did have Will on the podcast. My friend Will from Dubai who actually went home to Dubai and then he came back. and um, So him and I headed over uh, to the game. Um, we get there, have a good time, have a few beverages. I sit with a couple of Temple fans. It's a timeout. Uh, a Temple fan and I, or there's four of us. So it's it's Will and I and and my friend Jen and her friend Erica, who are both Temple graduates. And so we sit there and during a out we had a couple beverages in the parking lot and like clearly this game's not going well for us. So we stand up first, like music's playing at halftime, we start dancing. eh, have a good time. There's not like we're blocking anybody because we're not sitting in front of anybody because nobody's at the game. And somebody took a video of it on Twitter and put it on Twitter and tagged me, and I was like, that got weird. <laughs> Extra calling. Why are, Why are you dancing? I don't dancing? know. We're got we beverages and a game, having a good time, you know. Blah blah blah. Got to dance to keep from crying. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I have, and we'll we'll get into women's basketball. But I have, a, I might have a little thing on the the joy and and dislike of being a USF fan and and what you need to embrace and what you need to shun. Um, But first, let's celebrate our men's and women's soccer teams because they deserve to be celebrated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's hit the men's um, because they've got the game tomorrow uh, against SMU. They knocked off uh, 6C UConn on Saturday, one nothing thanks to an Adrian Billhart goal. Uh, It's now his fifth goal on the season. Um, You know, it's funny. He didn't have a goal last year. And, you know, there was questions like where? Where his uh, shooting boots, I believe, is what they call them. I'm very new to the soccer vernacular, if you can't tell. Or scoring boots. Maybe it's that. Just um, boots. He, boots is fine. Um, boots. He, had, he had five goals his freshman year, none last year. And then, uh, I believe over the summer, he scored like nine goals for his club team. And we were like, all right. But he, he found it, and he has. Um, great goal by him. Uh, you know, I called... Bob Utehorn out on the season opening podcast uh, and lo and behold, it kind of worked. We'll see what they can do against uh, SMU uh, tomorrow. Game's at 4.30 on the American Digital Network. So just uh, I'm sure they'll tweet something out. The USF or the American will tweet it out. Uh, Should be a good game. I think think they might still be good enough to get an at-large bid but I think their best route is to beat SMU and win the, the American. Um, just just to be safe. Um, they do have a couple of good wins on the record. They beat number then number five, uh, Louisville 2 nothing. They played number one, Maryland, tough. Just, you know, winning, winning you're in. Um, they did lose 3 nothing to SMU on October 11th, so we'll see if they can get some revenge.
1: Uh, they they are currently listed as 30th in the RPI um, there are 40 48 teams go uh, to the tournament for the men so they should be okay either way win or loss um, 10 5 and 1 record on the year you know that that's usually eleven to get in and that's that's yeah excuse me 11 5 1 I'm sorry this is through games of November 10th so yeah 11 5 and 1 um, yeah that's plenty to get in they should be okay um, yep uh, but yeah we'll see
0: we'll definitely see the 11 wins are the most since 2015 for the bulls um, so that's good uh you know seven, and, seven three and one at home really took care of business at, at, at Corbett which is always uh key and good to good to see but I think the you know the, the story um, is women's soccer and uh, they hey.
1: <laughs> they win the America hey how about it for Denise, man? All right. So, like, w- we got to start talking about Denise as a pantheon USF coach. Like, up there, you know, top 10 all-time, you know, uh, Kenny, Jose. Uh, you could probably put George Kiefer in there for the great things that he did for men's soccer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Denise is is getting to that level where you've got to consider her one of the best coaches that USF has ever had across any sport. Because this is, you know, this is a heck of a run they've been on. um, And they're fun and they're entertaining. And every team that beat them this year, they've gone back and beaten.
0: Yep. Uh, You know, that just, you know, check one more off the list on Friday night. I think the game's at 8, either 7.30 or 8.30. I got it on my calendar, but um, 7 o'clock. It's actually at 7, November 15th. Um, So if you guys feel like traveling to Gainesville... Um, I, I'm sure if if you're a fan of the Olympic sports, you know the route. Um because that's just where the Olympic sports tend to go. Either they go to Gainesville or they go to Tallahassee. Nowhere else ever for any reason whatsoever. Forever. Um it's brutal. You know, this this USF team, they you know, they drop they drop a one-nothing game to UCF on Halloween and then come right back around the following week and beat them 2-1 in the semifinals uh, in the AAC tournament, and then basically dominate number one Memphis in the uh, the tournament uh, final on uh, Sunday. Two goals in like a minute and 50 seconds for Evelyn Vien. And again, Canada, you left her off your World Cup roster. She has 20 goals this year and you left her off the World cup roster. So yeah, that, you're just totally as big completely. and dumb as the Americans.
1: Yeah. The, the Canadian women are as dumb as the American men. Uh, pretty, pretty obviously. So, um, just, I, I think we got to talk about Evelyn VN being, uh, one of the top 10 athletes that has ever set foot on campus at USF. Um, that list is going to be people like Marlon Mack, um, michelle collier uh monica Triner, uh courtney williams but i I think evelyn is quentin flowers um but that list is pretty short and she is you know for sure on that list of the elites that you got to see um it looked like sometimes she looked like the adult playing against like a a u12 team i mean it was just incredible to watch her play Um, i'm glad her season is not over but to go out with a championship is absolutely what she deserved. Um, so she won a regular season title here, she won a conference tournament title here. Um, and two conference tournament titles, two conference tournaments, yeah, because I won in six or uh, 17 as well. Um, yeah. so just congratulations to her and her team. And I am going to look forward to rooting for her uh, in the 2023 World Cup and maybe in the 20s. I, I don't know if Canada qualified for the Olympics. Um, but in 2023 for the World Cup, for sure, if she's not on that roster, then something's just seriously wrong. She's an unbelievable, incredible talent, and uh, it's been a joy to watch her. So, and it they really got is. at least one more game. Now, the fact it, that that game is not. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I think you were going right. Where else, uh, Heather? Go ahead.
1: So the final poll comes out today, or yesterday? Yesterday or today? Um, today. The final poll co- today comes out. USF is ranked 11th in one poll and 17th in the other. The Gators are not ranked guess who's hosting the first round of the tournament? Um, this is an embarrassment. Like, there's there's no justification for this. This cannot be reasoned on any mathematical level. Actually, I went back and I looked at records. Yes, did they win the head-to-head? Yes, they did. USF also dominated that game, but soccer's fluky like that, I understand. Um, but if you take away the head-to-head, you just can't compare the two records. USF is by far the better team, has better wins, has the better RPI better ranking, um, and yet we're going up there. Uh, we bid the host, too, by the way. This, this isn't like a baseball situation where we didn't even put in the bid. Um, it, this is a joke. And go ahead, Zad.
0: Agree, agree that it's a joke, and I totally get, or I don't get why they're going to Gainesville, but does it have to do with the fact that
1: Gansel would probably draw more people and you would get a bigger a bigger ticket revenue in Gainesville than would in Tampa? Bullshit. I don't think so. Bullshit. Absolutely not. No, because okay. we draw. We're gonna draw for that game. Like and we'll put up a ticket guarantee anyway. So to like to bid to host, you have to put up a ticket guarantee. We'll put up a, a ticket guarantee for that game, no problem. You know, this I mean you is, see- this isn't Mark Harlan. We'll we'll pay the money
0: i mean we've seen usf host these kinds of tournaments Uh, they hosted the super regional in 2012 for softball it was a packed it was packed like usf's event staff for the limited resources that they have put on a hell of a show when they whenever they have a chance to host something um either when it's the american conference Championships for any Olympic sports. Um, They they put on it's a good product. People go to the games, and what's irritating to me is USF by all means was worse last year, and they still got a first round home game.
1: This is I think this is just pure lazy and incompetence on behalf of a committee. Um, You know these are. Not paid professionals, you know. Uh, these are usually associate athletic directors, maybe a coach or two, a former coach or two in that sport that get pushed into these positions. Um, I, I I get the travel limitations, and but if we're gonna if we're gonna ask these kids to play all year, you know, the NCAA is dragging a few billion bucks a year in. Put on a real tournament. See, seed this thing correctly. Um, go by your own standards. It's just and it happens over and over and over again in the Olympic sports. It looks like we've gotten closer to having it solved in basketball, but It, it brand names just tend to win out bigger conferences tend to win out and it's it's terrible. Um, and and it just keeps happening over and over again. So like last year we saw in the women's basketball tournament that like, um, you know, that whole league. uh God, what conference was it? The, uh, the Metro Atlantic um, had two really good teams in it, and they were like 12 and 13 seeds, and they both just came in and, and beat people. But guess what? Right back in the, they'll get back to the tournament this year, and they won't get any respect again, and they'll be still seated as like 12s and 13s. Um, it's a joke, and, and you know fans should be furious about it. And it, it devalues the regular season. It devalues schools that don't have brand name. And it's a joke. And and Michael Kelly calling it out. I thought was great. Um, he was, you know, not going. He was not over the top about it. He certainly made his point forcefully and fairly. I can imagine that behind the scenes, he's probably going nuclear about this. But, you know, how much more can we can we do here? Um, I, I think it's terrible. And yep. um, I'm embarrassed for the sport and I'm embarrassed for the committee and i really feel terrible for our kids who are going to be at a disadvantage um to advance but you know what they've been behind the eight ball before all season and have done a great job so what
0: i think what they is in this game for sure truly truly underrated and this may be kind of the final point that i want to make is um the the sad thing about judy genshaft leaving was we didn't get the juxtaposition of the entire team and the people in that room yesterday when they announced the draw, just be like, what? And Judy just clapping her ass off because she just just is just happy to be there. She's love it. Um, compare that with uh, the women's basketball draw two years ago when Laura Ferrara and Jose and Kit are like, what the fuck? And Judy's just
1: Hercules, Hercules. Hercules. It's, that uh, is, it's one of my favorite pictures ever. And actually, Laura is like celebrating because she didn't. You know, we love Laura, but like she didn't always. <laughs> okay. but like Kit was furious. Jose looked like he wanted to throw something through a wall. And um, Judy is just smiling ear to ear because she's
0: she just uh, can't read the room. I guess.
1: Uh, please clap. That was her. So. Uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. But anyway, I feel terrible for the girls. But um, we got to talk about Denise and Evelyn in like historic terms at USF now, and I think that's yep. fantastic. And uh, I, I'd love to be able to get up there. I don't think I'm going to be able to, which sucks. But uh, I will definitely be in front of the screen somewhere watching it, because um, that team deserves all the support it can get. And yeah, God bless them. That was awesome.
0: Although yep, I uh, do
1: expect uh, you to come to Seattle when they advance to the next round. So. <laughs> So, actually... Florida has to lose. totally unreasonable. Florida. Oh, Florida has to lose?
0: Florida has okay. to
1: lose. And
0: That's then us. we would... Yes, so Florida would have to lose, and then Washington hosts. The whole reason the NCAA set it up to make it more regional is to cut down on flights. Meanwhile, if Florida loses, and the USF played them damn tough, USF has to fly cross-country. Either way, either Washington or USF is flying across country for the second round matchup.
1: And by so, the way, NCAA pays for that. I this is this is at NCAA cost. It's not like the schools have to pay for it. That come there's a budget and you know when we played one of those tournaments that Jose was in for the NCAA's like early in his tenure here, I was on a charter going back and forth because they literally couldn't get commercial flights, so they they just chartered us all a plane. Um they might have to do that for this Washington Florida game as well because scraping up you know 40, 40 or fifty uh, commercial seats to get across the country in one flight can be a, a bit of a challenge at the last minute. So um, yeah, yeah, crazy. Uh,
0: that's super unfortunate. Um, again, uh, Friday Friday at seven p.m. for the women uh, versus Florida tomorrow four thirty American Digital Network uh, men's soccer versus SMU for the right to go to the. uh, AAC Conference Finals. Um, That should be, should be fun. Um, Let's move on to some basketball. Um, I think since we last spoke, women's basketball knocked off Texas 64 to 57. And
1: uh, I was there
0: uh, and it was awesome.
1: (laughs) By all accounts, a pretty dominant and convincing win. Right or wrong? Yeah, they were the better team. Like, from the jump, first of all, congrats to some area bus driver who took Texas from a hotel very near USF's campus. um, Decided, uh, oh, they're playing a basketball game? All right, let's go to the arena. Drives them to Amelie Arena. They get off the bus and they go, oh, this isn't where you're supposed to play. You're supposed to play at the Sun Dome, Yangling Center. Uh, And so they literally have to turn around come back. They got into the building, I think, like 35 minutes before tip-off when generally you want to be there at least an hour before tip-off. So thank you to a local bus driver for making USF's uh, journey even a little bit easier. But bus or no bus, USF's just a better team. So Texas came in ranked 15th, um, and they just come, USF just comes at you in waves, and they have depth, and they can shoot it, and um, really fun performance. Uh, They were excited to be there. You could tell they were fired up. And I don't even think they're playing there anywhere near what their best basketball will be at this point. So the, the upside in the room for growth is still there. Um, this is a very, very young team, but they are very, very good.
0: Yep. Um, you know, USF's not really hitting all, c- all cylinders quite yet. Um, they may have done it tonight. They uh, they whooped up on Howard, uh, 82 to 53. Uh, but I, referencing back to Texas, um you know, Enna was three of ten from three. Um, that's probably not gonna happen too often. Uh Beatrice Jordal only played sixteen minutes. Um she picked up four quick fouls and kind of kind of work her way through. Uh Betty Manunga is just a freaking stud. She had a
1: twelve and twelve and eight, and then she recorded a double double tonight against Howard. Uh so I'm going through the box score for the last game. And the things that jump out at you are at one point, I tweeted something about you know, being like three of 15 from three with like a bunch of turnovers and you're not able to really, you know, put it in. And they were still ahead by two. And that's how you know you're good when you're not playing your best basketball and you can still find ways to win. Um, and they didn't play well. Uh, Christina Brabenkova. Um, was in her first game, one of seven with five turnovers. And I think against Texas, she was like one of seven with like four turnovers. Um, she's going to be really good, though. Uh, yeah. you know, There's a ton of talent there, and she's going to figure out. She's got a, a good-looking jump shot hasn't really gone in yet. Um, but she's got a good-looking jump shot. She moves her feet really well. She sees the game really well. Um, Manunga just that Alicia Jenkins type role where she can just get on the glass, bang bodies, you know, isn't physically afraid of anyone or anything and just plays really, really hard. Um, She's kind of that X factor -factor glue type of player that you really need. And then um, as my Slack channel will attest, I think Maria Alvarez has a chance to be like almost Courtney Williams level of good. Um, Maybe not quite that good just because of her size, but but she can really shoot it she sees the game beautifully um a ton of talent isn't gonna make a ton of mistakes and as she gets more and you know glued to her teammates and comfortable playing at the college level like that is an elite elite basketball player so i yep. you know and, and they're still not you still don't have um your starting point guard back and <laughs> you know, they're just going to get better. They need, they could use another big, honestly. Um, they could use somebody that could help protect the room a little bit better, but you can play four out in women's basketball and shoot it over people and beat anybody. And that might be the best way for USF going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, so tonight against Howard, uh, Anna shot four of eight from three. Again, that's going to be more like her than the three of 10. She had, she let all scores with 16. Betty had a double double with a 14 and 11 um, seven offensive rebounds as a team the Bulls had 22 offensive rebounds I mean you can crash the glass against well, uh, you know the suspect teams and they'll get away with it um, <clears throat> if I'm Jose uh, I'm annoyed at the seven of 27 or 17 from 17 of 27 from the uh, free-throw line uh, but I am happy with uh if, Thirteen turnovers isn't bad. I think they had twenty-one in the first game, so or twenty-seven or something like that. So it's it's good to see Maria Alvarez had eleven points, um, four rebounds, four assists, no turnovers. Good to see that. I think she had uh, like eight in game one. Um, so it's good to see you know her take care of the ball uh, effectively and efficiently. Yeah. So her last two games, she had one turnover and. About forty-five minutes of action between the two games, <clears throat> and again, this team is just going to continue to get better.
1: Um, this so is tonight, Jose's best so, team. Oh, buddy, I don't know about that. Uh, this is Jose's I, I was, best team. I think since court, I, I would say Courtney's senior year was probably his best team. I don't know what the third squad
0: was. It, that um, was Kitt's freshman year, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were really good. Courtney senior year, they were. That was the team that hung with UConn like at home for, and that was like UConn's best team, um, and they hung around with UConn for a while. Um, they were mm-hmm. seven to twenty from three tonight. They were five to twenty three um, uh, against Texas. You know what? You, you beat Texas because you're the better team, and you shot five to twenty three from three, and you still beat them. Like, you know what else you did? Texas, you out rebounded them thirty four to thirty one. That was a much bigger team, and you just beat them on the glass anyway. Look, this team's good, man. Get. Get thee to the Sun dome. They are going to be really fun. Um, you know, we're shamelessly pimping for this team, but there's a reason that they're going to yep. be the real deal. Uh, did get ranked this week. The, the win over top 15 team at home does get them into the poll. They're still behind Texas, which I I, I get it and I don't get it. Um, you know, you don't want to completely write off a team for a, a, a less than 10-point loss on the road. But, I, but if they play that game on a neutral floor, I still think USF. And... He-
0: and to be fair to texas that was their season opener yes so you get usf on the road for your season opener that's i mean that's a pretty tall task um and i mean they were ranked 15th for a reason it just means you know er everything being equal usf may pass them in the polls but i think texas is still going to be a top 20 team um and you know polls after one week mean nothing um so there's also that um But your next chance to see the women's team is this Friday. Um, If you can get out of work early, the game's at 11 a.m. Because it's elementary school day. So they'll have a bunch of elementary schools there um, with their kids to watch the game, which is fun. And then that following Tuesday at Baylor in Waco, Texas, 8 p.m. ESPN Plus.
1: So I saw Baylor's last game in Tampa. Um, it was the national championship game, and they won it. So they are pretty good. Um, one of my favorite images, and I was on the floor after the game, which was pretty cool. Um, was one of the girls from Baylor unfortunately had a pretty bad knee injury during the game. And uh, the brace that she was wearing, if she was holding up the National Championship trophy, had a USF sticker on it because they were u- using USF trainers. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> so,
0: <remember
1: that>. uh, <laughs> so as she's holding up the National Championship trophy, she's wearing a USF knee brace as provided by USF trainers, which was pretty great. Um, yeah, Baylor's amazing. They play the complete opposite style of basketball that USF does. They want to throw the ball in the post and like. Get over your head. Um, they want to post up over and over again. so This is going to be threes against twos. USF's just going to need to make a lot more threes than they have so far to to stay in it because um, they're not going to be able to defend them on the post. Like once the balls, once the once the entry pass is completed, it's over. So you've got to just deny the entry pass in the first place and make a bunch of threes. That's your best chance.
0: And I will I will say for the the freshmen and the newcomers, um, you know they, they they play on the international stage a lot, but there's still a difference between shooting in like a gym. And then shooting in an arena the depth perception it takes a little bit uh, even in practice you don't really get the full you know depth of your shot um i think that's one of the bigger things that i think maybe takes freshman shooters a while to adjust to um you know it's, it's basically the same line um i think they they stayed the same right women stay say the same men move back
1: Yeah, men move back. Women are probably going to move back here uh, pretty soon. Um, The men need to take on the the women's timeout rules and the four quarters because yeah, uh, you know it gets bogged down. It really gets bogged down, and you go to a women's game, and the flow is just so much better. the, you know the long you get the quarter break which gets you a longer timeout for TV it, it it flows it makes sense you only get one automatic timeout per quarter if somebody calls that timeout early um, they erase the TV timeout which is great um, but it, the game just has such better flow to it than than the men's game does just because of the way it's structured so um, the women need to add the th- to move the three point line back um, and the men need to adopt the women's clock and score rules um, because they make a lot more sense
0: yep. Um, you know, so I think that's kind of a decent segue to men's basketball. Um, they dropped to Boston College, seventy-four to sixty. Just a, I was there Sunday. It was just a very, very disjointed game. Um, just no one. The refs were kind of horrendous. Um, you know, it's a Sunday. I don't think they wanted to be there, and it just kind of, it kind of bled into how USF played. Um, you know, a lot of. The aggressiveness was taken away from DC and LaQuincy because of foul trouble or just not getting the calls that they would usually get, and maybe that's just because they're playing an ACC team; they're not going to get that. Who's to say? Um, Q and Justin Brown both fouled out. DC had four. Um, it was it was a it was a strange game. USF led by as much as nine and then went ice cold. I think they went 0 for 10 during a 26-6 to run for Boston College um, to end the first half, and USF never got within nine um, after the 16-minute mark of the second half. It was just kind of one of those games. Um, Duke and USC transfer Derek Thornton had 22 points, and he was fantastic Um, for BC. They shot 50%, and it showed every – like, USF – right out of halftime has two quick buckets to cut the lead to uh 8 or 7 I guess yeah 7 and then I think Boston College comes down and hits a 3 and you're like oh, okay well this is just how it's going to be
1: um so I yeah I look I think BC's really good you know I I saw they got picked 13th in the in the in the ACC um I think they're better than that I think they're just a very very good basketball team they've got a big who can really shoot it in uh, Popovich, um, which you kind of need at college basketball at this level. They got a lot of guys who play real hard. Their intensity is really good. Their defense, their team defense is really good. If they struggle, it's going to be on the on the glass. They don't rebound it super great, um, but that's a pretty good basketball team. The I think LaQuincy the the the, the third foul on LaQuincy is a joke it's just a, i mean it's it's an abomination and that call you know <laughs> they call usf for diving and that's the new rule this year is you get one warning for diving and then after every dive after that is a one shot technical foul um, watching college referees try and implement this is going to be a nightmare and it was a nightmare on saturday or on sunday because usf gets called for a dive early on something that clearly wasn't a dive And then BC flops all over the joint um, with, oh, God, I forget the kid's name. Um, They're really good perimeter scorers, a little undersized, who can really get to the rim and shoot it. Um, But he he flops everywhere, and LaQuincy picks up his third, and the replay clearly showed that it's a flop, and it should have been a warning the other way, and instead they call LaQuincy for two. With all respect to Xavier Castaneda, they – you know, the bulls can't beat a team like BC with him running the point. And what Quincy just really was out of rhythm missing that big, you know, Dura is playing, you know, some good minutes, but like not having somebody to just be really able to, to like throw the ball up in the paint and who can just catch it and dunk it. That's hurting them too. So they've got depth issues. It, it's just rhythm at this point. And then DC, how many air balls did DC have three, four? Yeah. He, um, he was
0: short, ar- short arming. Uh, a bunch of his shots. He was uh, six and 17 to seven from uh,
1: three. Yeah, that's not good. And they're going to be fine. Look, I think this team is, it, they'll pull it together. You know, they, they, there's character guys on this team and there's talent on this team and they're going to play really hard. Um, the kid I was thinking of was, was Derek Thornton. That kid's really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> he can play, and and you know I'm not as worried as I normally would be after a performance like that. I think they just kind of had all of the the breaks go against them and sort of laid an egg. But I don't think they're going to do that a lot. Um, you know, the, it's not like they didn't play hard. <laughs> there were mm-hmm. a couple lapses. meant There were some mental lapses there, but it wasn't like an effort thing. It was like a mental thing. Um, they'll get through that, you know. And even so, like Waquency, still you know five of eleven. Okay, you know, few, few assists here. Okay, yeah, turned it over a lot, and the turnovers are still an issue. Like, you know, no team committed more raw turnovers in college basketball last year than USF. Well, they also played more games than anybody because they went to a three-game series in the in the CBI. So, but on raw turnover numbers, nobody turned it over more. They got to turn it over less, like for sure. That's that's bad. Yeah,
0: I mean, when you turn over Boston College twenty-eight times and you're only plus seven in that category. It- you got to be able to cut it down um dc and redo each had six a piece um i will say dc did have seven steals so net one on his end but (laughs) they got to be able they got to be able to you know hold on to the ball and you know a couple of those turnovers are some uh questionable charges called against them uh early uh or late in the first half early in the second half that kind of um Stopped any momentum. Justin Brown picked up two quick fouls in the first half. I felt like he may have uh, been a difference maker if he was able to play. Um, You know, plus minus is a flawed stat, but he was the only one um, in the positive uh, for the game. He played 19 minutes and it was plus one. Um, The next closest was uh,
1: Rashun Williams, uh, who was minus three. So nothing. Yeah, um, just. don't panic I was yet. Say, yeah, don't panic yet. And and also, you talked about Justin Brown. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast yet. That is, I think, USF's most improved player by a lot. Um, he really seems to be seeing the game, in the flow of the game, a little bit better. Um, definitely played better on night one than night two. But, you know, I he got in a, he had a couple of weird foul calls going against him as well. So I, I think they're going to be fine. I'm not too worried about it. Let's get a little more sample size in here. Um, but they're going to be okay, and they're. And here's yep. the thing: even when they lose, they still play hard. They're still entertaining, you know. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. you know you watch your football team when they play bad; they're really hard and painful to watch. The <laughs> basketball yeah. team, even when they don't play their best, it's still an entertaining product, and that matters.
0: Yep. Um, so the, the next time you can see men's basketball is tomorrow night at seven p.m. inside the, the Yingling Center. It's the start of the Cayman Islands Classic. Uh, There's going to be two campus site games before they head to the Caymans. um, The week of Thanksgiving, Uh, you know, they'll be back for Thanksgiving. But you know, spending Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in the Caymans isn't the worst way to spend your uh, Thanksgiving week, if you if you ask me. Um, You know, they'll still have to deal with their family over the weekend, but you know, I think you can handle it better when you've just got back
1: from the Cayman Islands. Um, So they play. yeah, I was gonna go to that, but then I missed Black Friday. And if I had known that the seasons were gonna end up like this, I would have skipped Black Friday and gone with them to the Caymans. But now those flights are about a million dollars right now, so that's not happening. Yeah. Um,
0: so they got IUPUI tomorrow night, and then they host Walford next Thursday for uh, the final campus site game. Uh, Walford is really good, guys. They were a tournament team. They nearly beat. Oh god, was it Duke in the first round? I want to say it was Duke in the first round last year. Um, I think the final score was like 64 to 60. um, If my memory serves, it probably doesn't because I thought a birthday party that was uh, on Saturday was actually on Sunday. So we'll leave it at that. Um, And then on the 25th, the first game of the Cayman Islands Classic in in the Caymans is against a former Final Four team and Sister Jean uh, Loyola Chicago. So lots going on. I think you know a lot of positives for the uh, the the bouncy ball sports and the kickball sports, and then um,
1: I guess we're gonna have to talk about football,
0: huh?
1: So I'm just I'm gonna leave it to to Seth here um, because I haven't gone back and watched anything except what we saw in the film room last night, except for being there. Um, So I'm gonna leave that to Seth, but I'm gonna say this: like there is clearly not enough talent on this team to compete. And that is something where that it, it, it's bad. There, there's just not enough good football players, you know. And as Seth went over in the, the film room, like the scheme, there were some scheme spots there that looked pretty good. Um, we just don't have enough good football players who can execute, and that's uh, that's a killer. That's really bad.
0: Yep. Um, not to rehash it, but they lost uh, seventeen to seven. Versus Temple. And, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at the stat broadcast and it's showing, you know, the final score. And then under the USF name is uh, timeouts and there's still two. Um, they don't carry over, I promise you. Um, Charlie Strong, I mean, muddled through his response to that and then clarified on Monday um, that, well, we wanted to wait until we got to the 50 to, uh, Use our timeouts. Well, on second it down, you throw a you know four out, four yard you know shallow crosser to Mitch. I would, I'd be safe to say maybe use a timeout there, uh, save 30, 40 seconds um, there, and then regroup, to figure out. All right, so we're third and six. Uh, we're still backed up. Let's try to find something here um, instead of just going and. Uh, guess what? Your left tackle gets turnstiled. Zach, don't use it there for fourth down, and you run a route that's uh, two yards shy of what you need to make. So it's just not really much to say. Um, I don't blame Kronk for it. I mean, there was really nothing he could do. Uh, the, he I, I think he couldn't have tried to go upfield if he wanted to. I think his momentum was taking him out of bounds, and uh, that's just kind of where we where we are. Um, I'm sure they're playing cover cover four on those those downs and you know keep anything deep and keep them off the sideline. But you know this, and you still have to be able to attack it. And I don't think they have the guys to attack it. And <clears throat> Charlie Strong saying that you know you never give up on a t- uh, on a game. Um, I think that's crap. I think he did give up on that game, um, as we mentioned when. Uh, Joey Knight tweeted this out about not game, giving up on the game. Charlie Strong has kicked two sad field goals at the end of games where they were losing 35 to three and 49 nothing. That's giving up. What? What? Three points does you nothing. Try to score a touchdown. Try to build some momentum. What does a field goal do? Um. It's just this isn't going to get fixed, and it's unfortunate because the defense is actually playing pretty well. Um you know, they were they held Temple of five to five fourteen on third down and there was nothing to show for, um which is unfortunate. Um Seth, you watching this game back? Yeah. Was there any bright spot or are are we kind of right to feel this uh malaise and um dis- disappointment? For this team.
2: I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's things that are fixable this is kind of a problem. The bright spot would be that there's uh, stuff being called. that's open that should work and you're getting guys in one-on-one situations. Um, unfortunately, you can't, I think um, somebody, you know, asked during the Facebook live, you know, what, what do they do on the bye week Well, they can't sign free agents on the bye week so it's not going to change much. You know what I mean? It's, That kind of stuff can't be changed now, so there's not going to be a lot of change in the roster, which is, I think, where kind of the biggest change needs to be uh, coming from. Uh, There's just a lack of explosiveness on the offensive side. Um, The defense is playing well. I I think it's just an overall recruiting issue. Um, The defense is playing well, but they're bolstered by quite a few transfers. And where your transfers on the offensive side of the ball, they're not really there, so there's not really... Um, I guess Cronkright, and he's one of your top two players on offense. So there's not kind of that same influx of talent that was brought in on the transfer market that was on the defensive side. So you kind of see a uh, poor recruiting really rear its head on that side of the ball uh, as opposed to the defense side where they've been able to go out and get a few more uh, transfer guys in there to kind of make up for those mistakes a little bit.
0: Yeah. It sucks. Um, You know, those transfer guys on defense at least have shown some promise KJ sales. uh, I think Patrick Macon's been pretty damn good. Um, You know, prior to the season starting, we had Charlie Strong on the podcast uh, up at media day and he, you know, had this, it was, it was a great, you know, tidbit of, okay, who, who are going to be the main characters in offense and defense this year? If you don't have main characters, you're not going to have a good season need to have someone to kind of rally around. So I asked him this on Monday, you know, has anyone stepped up to be the main character for you this year? And he said Mitchell Wilcox on offense and Kirk Livingstone on defense. And um, while the team has not had great success, I think those two guys have been pretty phenomenal. Um, he, He mentioned that Kirk's played all four defensive line positions for him effectively this year. I think Kirk, you know, it's rare that you send a junior to media days. Um, he went to media day last year and this past uh, July. He's that kind of, he's that kind of guy and he's taken on a more of a vocal role in it's Kind of shown the defense has been pretty damn good for most of the year. And <clears throat> it just, it, it sucks because Kirk is like, if you ever meet Kirk Livingstone, I promise you, you will walk away thinking that may be the nicest man I've ever met in my entire life and that's it's kind of the same thing with charlie strong like he's super nice like he's he's a nice person and like again i would have kicked my ass a long time ago but he has not and it's one of those things where it's like i we've just run the course and uh, i think saturday not using those timeouts was the final straw for a lot of fans um and we just kind of got to move on. We get Cincinnati on Saturday at seven o'clock on uh, CBS sports network. And I swear to God, if USF backs into a win, which somehow leads to Cincinnati losing a second time. And then UCF somehow gets back into the conference championship game. I will blow a gasket. Even when USF sucks, they can't do anything right. Even when they, They win. They still can't do anything right. Okay, that's my rant.
1: I I bet this game preseason. I had Cincinnati plus seven and a half, and right now I can get uh, USF plus fourteen and a half for the old twenty-two point middle. (laughs) So that's insane. You and I were pretty right about Cincinnati. I think uh, I think we both picked USF to finish second or third in the division, though. Uh, so we I pretty I, wrong about yeah, I third. We were damn right about. Yeah, uh, but we were right about Cincinnati. So good job, us. Yeah, you can't win them all. And
0: then I didn't. I picked uh, Houston to win the conference. I did not expect uh, Dana to go full tank mode uh, in college football. So <laughs> that's unfortunate.
2: So how, how different is the looks. season? How different is the season if uh, Ford isn't suspended? Do you think?
1: Five and five and four instead of four and five at best? Yeah,
2: I yeah. think he uh, might. What, game, la- last what week. game does he change? Last week. Yeah. I'm probably. trying to think of other ones. Is because they basically, they basically came down. Well, you'll see on like the film room stuff. They throw bubbles out there to Bryce Miller, and the safety's coming down to make the play. At the safety is coming down to making the play at five yards, where you have basically from hash to sideline one on with a safety. And right now you're having to throw that to Bryce Miller, when you could have been throwing it to Johnny Ford. So if if I tell you Johnny Ford's got the hash to the sideline to make a safety miss one on one, would you say he would?
0: uh i i would put his odds at better than bryce miller's but it's not uh, oh yeah he's making that guy miss okay
2: better than bryce miller so that right now they're kind of having and bryce miller is a that's just not his game is that open field he's really good kind of running routes but they are solely lacking somebody that can win in space and make somebody miss and have some explosiveness they're, they're just missing that and so teams are going to just start kind of pinning their ears back, playing their safeties at, I think, Temple's playing their safeties at like eight yards and just letting them play downhill. And if you throw the ball out there, okay, whatever, we'll come up and make a play because even if the guy breaks out, um, for example, they gave a jet sweep to Xavier Weaver, he broke out, and then Temple's linebacker ended up tracking him down 30 yards downfield. And he's one of your more explosive-looking guys right now. So it's yep. you're just missing that explosive player that you can throw the ball out there and have him win one-on-one. You know, that's what yeah. a lot of the really good offenses, especially in the conference are doing. They're not really scheming. Some are scheming guys wide open, but a lot of it is okay, my guys just winning one-on-one.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the important thing here is, uh, you know, honestly, I think Jacob Mathis was maybe more sorely missed than ford last week um uh you know no disrespect to fred lloyd but that the 12 personnel that they've been running with mathis and wilcox had been very very effective and then without mathis you've kind of got to go 10 personnel and hope somebody makes a play or go 12 and hope that you know
2: the blood can do something and the blocking in 12 was really poor from the third string tight end. He got there's a lot of these runs. I think you see it especially when they're running out of their own end zone. Um he just gets beat across which time. Face. Uh I think it was first down <laughs> come out of yeah, which time are the end zone? Uh the first time <laughs> where they end up hitting the screen on third down to kind of get some room. Okay. Um I think the first play, he gets beat across face really easily inside and the that's the guy that ends up kind of forcing the back um, almost makes the tackle for safety and it, it just seemed to be that they put him they didn't put him on the front side a lot but he was kind of on the back side so it's an easy job, but um, He got beat across face really easily a lot all night and so That's that kills some of your run game stuff and then and Mathis had been an effective blocker in the run game using him in a variety of ways not just in line, but as like a wing and Mm-hmm. Um, and more like an H back role, and he's been effective in the passing game too. And I don't think they didn't really get anything out of uh, the third string tight end in the passing game, besides yep. keeping him in for pass protection. So, and I don't I don't know when that came out on Mathis that he was going to be out. I mean, we were kind of looking at each other for a few guys and like, oh, this guy is not playing. Okay.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, outside of uh, you know Jackquez Evans, we're a really healthy team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Kevin Kegler didn't play. Um, He had a a back injury. Uh, Donovan Jennings got hurt, I think, on the second series of the game. Um, His status is still up in the air. If he doesn't play, oh, dear Lord, uh, put Jordan McLeod in a bowl because he's going to get lit up against Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, they average, right. uh, I think they average over two sacks a game. Um, they look like they play odd front stuff, but they will bring blitzes and things like that. So I would
0: I would put the over under at is, is seven and a half too high? Where you wouldn't bet the over? Would you do five and a half? Would you t- Would you take five and a half if Jennings so, doesn't play?
2: Let me see. I'm gonna go look at the UConn box score. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, five and a half. Uh. They seem to give them up in bunches. They have five sacks against UConn. So five and a half I and mean, where do you put the line without Jennings compared to UConn's offensive line?
0: Hmm. Fair. We'll do four and a half and I think I think that's probably we'll safe.
2: Lock it in. Lock it in.
0: Lock, lock it in. Four and a half over under stacks. uh if Jennings doesn't play because Jared Hopewell and God, who's the other guy? He was a guy that never was a Jeremiah, Stafford? Jeremiah Stafford who was not on the two deep. Um, and they just got blown by every single time.
2: Um, I know it's, I know it's bad when I in the press box say a number and you say, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah. When I say uh, who's that, it's kind of like, I get a look when you say, who's that? I'm like, oh, we're uh, kind of, Beyond the pay. Yeah, he was.
0: I think Stafford was in Strong's for it was the transition class in 2017, and he just kind of fell by the wayside. Um, I believe now I apologize if I'm wrong, but I believe he was one of the guys that got kicked off the team and was let back on in December after Charlie Strong cleaned house. Um, but I'm not positive on that, but it, it was bad. Um, I don't think Cincinnati is going to give any USF chances. I think Desmond Ritter, Michael Warren, they may have a field day, and then that defensive line and that secondary with those skill guys. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see USF cracking 300 yards of total offense on Saturday. And Michael I am Warren, so glad.
1: I'm gonna make an argument. Michael Warren might be the best player in the league.
0: Uh, Memphis running back is way better.
2: Mm, Shane Buchel is, well, I think a better Brady white, maybe better. Warren um, 146 rushes for 699 yards at this point of the season.
1: And just, and he's just, um, just, if games. you need three yards, man, he's the best guy, if you need three yards in this league.
0: And you, what's crazy is he was not, he was, he's not a burner. No like yeah. he's kind of he's, a he's kind of up over plotting run you over kind of back and he's just been amazing um I think he averaged I think last year he may have averaged like 4.2 yards a carry or something like that like something kind of weirdly low for a college running back and look at him now um yeah, I'm not excited for this game I'm so glad I'm going to be at a wedding on Saturday um shout out fall weddings
1: it ain't right man it ain't. Look, my, at least my cousin i go to philly you know philadelphia is the, probably the biggest market in the country that doesn't give two rips about college football okay. and even my cousin had the courtesy to have a wedding on a usf bye week um so okay. yeah I, <laughs> I, I just fall weddings man like friday that's what fridays are for you know nobody cares about your kids or sunday. sunday do sunday and yeah but then sunday you can't really go out and let it rip if you got to be to work monday morning and sunday's like a good the, the goal for a wedding for people coming from out of town is you want to like sleep in Saturday, Sunday morning, go to brunch, go to the airport, go home. You're at your desk by Monday. So I'm, I'm slightly anti-Sunday, um, but I'm definitely anti-Saturday in the fall. Not okay. That's what spring is for.
2: Yep, shout out May 18th wedding. Here's what's, I'll, I'll give you guys one interesting stat that will be in the preview coming up uh usf has generated more explosive offensive plays in cincinnati by
1: like yeah, it's one cincinnati hands the ball off and, and can get five and six all the time like that's just what they can do nobody dinks and dunks it and chunks it or in like little small chunks than cincinnati they're very good at that
2: As they, i think they've generated by like 41 and usf has 44 on the season the schedules have been pretty much pretty similar um even factoring in how good um ohio state is especially statistically um other than that and since he played
1: been, uconn or ecu
2: they played they their last two games were ecu and uconn um okay. 40 46 43 against ecu 48 to 3 against uconn um and they played put that, that
0: was a, that was a, a fix them. game right
2: there 24 13 against tulsa 38 23 against houston um, the winning against UCF was twenty-seven fourteen. Oh, I, I, so if it should be interesting, if USF I, does I, lose I, Cincinnati,
1: well, if USF does lose Cincinnati, does win the conference? They do win the division. So knowing that, do they play harder because they know they can just wrap this thing up right here, right now? Hope so. You want you want us to lose? I didn't say that. You said you hope that Cincinnati wins? That's what I thought. I
0: know. I I said that I hope they play hard and everyone has fun. (laughs) Alrighty then. I think we've kind of covered everything. Uh, Flyballs now lost 13 straight. They've won seven sets in those 13 losses. They've got two more. They play UConn on Thursday and then Temple on Saturday or Sunday. And then they have the conference tournament in Orlando, real possibility. USF finishes a year losing 16 straight. Um, Courtney Draper's in the final year for a contract. Um, My gut tells me she's not going to get that renewed. Um, But, but, you know, I've been wrong before. So I've been wrong about a coach before this year, so.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really tough, and I don't think there's any secret here that I am personally very biased in favor of that program. Um, I think the world of Courtney, uh, I think, you know, she. I don't know anyone in my life who works harder, who tries more and has given everything that she possibly can to this program. Um, but the numbers are what they are, and Nate talked about the contract status as it is, and I don't know what's going to happen. Of course, you know, what I want personally is probably um, different than what somebody who is looking at this um, from a neutral angle would want. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to, to see those numbers and hear that. Um, I also feel like USF hasn't invested in that program the way that they should. Other schools in the league have definitely put more behind um, their teams, but you know, I, I would say we're not dead last in in resources either. And uh, you know, to to lose you know as many in a row as they have to finish the season is is a real challenge. They've had injuries, sure, um, but that you know that still that record's tough. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, again, you know, Kelly said if we're gonna play, you know, if we're gonna play, we might as well keep score whatever the quote is that's on that t-shirt that he was kind enough to give me. Um, And uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens.
0: So on that beautifully happy note, thank you (laughs) for listening to Blue Eye Podcast presented by Matrix Hormones. You can call them at 813-333-2226. Again, that is 813-333-2226 um again uh men's basketball tomorrow seven o'clock men's soccer four thirty. american digital network uh what am i missing uh friday women's basketball 11 a.m against vcu women's soccer seven o'clock at florida on saturday you've got football and uh i think that's it um yeah goables. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.